You are listening to Redefining Rural, a podcast dedicated to celebrating, elevating, and changing the way we think about rural education in the state of Colorado and beyond. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. Well, welcome back to everybody. We're very excited to do our final episode of Redefining Rural uh, for this school year. We're really excited because this gives us an opportunity to share with the greater world the incredible work that were done by the students who received the Redefining Rural Scholarship in this upcoming year. And so we're so thankful for all the sponsors uh, and the participants to our last year's golf tournament that allowed us to give out five scholarships to these amazing kids that you're about to hear from on, on the next, our next episode, or this episode. So in today's podcast, you'll hear from three of our five Redefining Rural scholarship recipients, which include Nick from Pagosa Springs, Elizabeth from Albert, and Muhammad from Wiggins. I hope you enjoy hearing for these incredible students, and we're so, so excited about to hear about their journey. Thank you. So today we're welcoming Nick, and um, Nick is going to tell us about a little bit about the high school and um, the demographics and the size and, and what is going on in the high school. Okay, so uh, the high school that I went to was Pagosa Springs High School in Pagosa Springs, Colorado. I just graduated mm, about two weeks ago now. Um, my graduating class was, I believe, 88 students. We started with about 180 and we ended with almost exactly half of that number. Most of the classes at my school, like the grade levels, uh, begin the school year, like the, the four years of school, with around 150 students and go down to about 90 by the time we graduate. So we lose a lot of kids at some of the other schools, uh, but that's about the size that you're looking at, maybe five, 600 students on average. And it was is like that at most of the schools that I was at. Demographics-wise, um, a lot of small town type people, a lot of people who are generationally have been there. We have a lot of uh, Hickory Apache Native American kids at our school from Dulce, the reservation, which is pretty cool. Other than that, our school is mostly like white and Hispanic, if you're curious about those kind of demographics. And yeah, I think that's about all I can really think of with us. Most of our students work, like have part-time jobs as well, which I don't think is entirely the norm, but it is pretty cool. You have a part-time job? Just curious. Um, I've only done summer jobs, really, but I've yeah. done three so far, and I'm doing an internship at the water sanitation plant this summer. Curious, interesting. So tell us a bit, a lot of the work um, that you talked about in your application that really impressed us or resonated with us was around uh, the Students for Equality and the equity work and your engagement with your board and your community. So talk to us about that. Yeah, so I came into the school as a freshman and Students for Equality was kind of already a thing, but they'd had like quite a battle to get it to be approved as an official club. There was an argument about like religious freedom, even though we have FCA at our school, and that was that caused some controversy. There was also an issue with like um, my sophomore year, we continued it. The, the seniors and juniors that ran it continued it, and there was an issue with like one of our teachers suggesting a donation foundation, uh, foundation, and they said that that was like a teacher leading a student-led organization. So it's definitely been a bit of an uphill battle to keep the club up and running. And then junior year, I wasn't there; I was online schooled because of. COVID-19 and so senior year we had to get it basically off the ground from scratch again and that's something that me and a couple of my friends have spearheaded and I'm the I was the president this past year and it's been like I'd say probably my biggest passion project over the year 
I've had a lot of things that I've had to work on for college and whatnot, but this is one thing that I care about just because it's something I deeply care about. It was not only about my future, it was more about some of the kids at the school, which isn't usually how I approach things, but it's been really nice to do that. Um, in terms of appealing to the board, back at the beginning of the year, we had some harassment issues because a lot of kids just came back to school after being online for a year with entirely too much audacity, you know? They were really, really cruel to some of the kids, the younger kids in our club. So I, because a lot of the teachers either didn't have the time or didn't have like the administrative agency to really address that issue, I went directly to the school board, their third meeting of the year, so November. Um, and I kind of had a drafted up speech and I just kind of spoke about the harassment that was happening and some amendments that I would like to see to the school handbook because they're going over it this year at my school. Um, I think it's a little bit in the future they may do that closer to next year. But I really wanted to see some amendments with the, the bullying policy around the LGBT students who are mostly who I advocated for. Students for Equality is not just LGBT students, it's also about other minorities. But that was our prime demographic because of just how our school's demographics are. Um, so that's, that's been what I've done this year. So does your school have a large, large in a really small school context, LGBTQ context? That sounds... No, I would say we're pretty in line with the percentage of the overall population that identifies as LGBT. Do you um, know what that is? I don't even know what that is. I think it's around like 7 to 10%, depending on the area. So cities would be higher because of just kind of how that shakes out politically. Um, so yeah, if you think about 500 students, we had maybe at our peak, we had like 25 in the club. And there's one time like 30 people showed up and some of them were just allies who came with friends. So percentage wise, that's a little low, actually, now that I think about it. But yeah, I would say we're pretty average. And is Students for Equality a group that exists elsewhere in the state? And you guys opened a sort of a Pagosa branch? Or is it something that you all created out of seeing a need to speak up and out for these kids? Yeah, so the people who originally created it were there a year before me. They were juniors when they started it and seniors when I was a freshman. And they did not start it as a GSA, which Gay Straight Alliance is like the, the larger organization with multiple chapters. We are a GSA now, like we're officially like a member of like the, the GSA organization. Now, I don't think we're gonna change the name because I think a lot of people are really attached to the Students yeah. for Equality name. Um, but yeah, we are a chapter of the larger GSA organization. It's pretty amazing work. I'm an attorney and I do a lot of equity work and training around, um, we were just talking about it in fact, some of the new Title IX policies and the protections in place for all students particularly LGBTQ students. And so I applaud you as a young person being brave and bold enough to step up and step out um, and speak up for behalf, on behalf of those who perhaps don't have a voice of their own. Absolutely. Um, so Nicholas, uh, tell us where you're going next. What's, what's next on your horizon? Um, so I got into South Dakota School of Mines. I actually got like admitted pretty early because they just kind of tell you whenever you apply. Um, so back in September of 2021, I knew that I was going to that school. I also got into Colorado Mines, but I chose South Dakota Mines because of the pricing. It's a lot cheaper because of the uh, Western University Exchange program, which means that I get in-state. Um, right. I'm majoring in chemical engineering. Not sure what I want to minor in yet. I really like biology, so I might do that, depending on how difficult it is course-wise. And I really like to work in like either renewable energies or pharmaceuticals. But really anything but petrochemical, I think, would be interesting in the future once I get my degree. So it's a four-year bachelor's program. Could end up being four and a half because it's pretty heavy course load looking at their catalog. But that's what's up next for me. Have my roommate, have my schedule. I'm pretty excited about it.
Very cool. Well, we're we're very excited to hear where you go and your next steps. And, and so thank you for being part of the Redefining Rural program. And we, we look forward to, to hearing more about your success. So thank you so much, Nicholas. Well, Elizabeth, it's great to talk to you. We're really excited to hear and learn more about you. If you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself, your school, the community you come from, so people can learn more about you. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm Elizabeth Peterson. I just graduated from Elbert High School this last May. I am going to head off to the School of Mines for electrical and aerospace engineering. Um, I graduated from Elbert High School, very, very small school. I think we have 260 students pre-K through 12. So we're pretty close-knit community, both in the school and overall. It's also a really small town. Um, but I personally uh, ride horses and play the flute. So those are two of my big passions. And um, yeah, I just grew up in a small community through Elbert and it's been great. So Elizabeth, this is not the first time that we are meeting. In my advocacy work, I was able to work with you and Mr. Mitchell and Malcolm um, around your incredible effort for um, raising awareness around the dire situation around teacher salaries. So talk to us about your motivations around that, how you got involved in the impact that you've had. Um, so how I got involved, I had my history teacher, she was taking some classes under Dr. Mitchell and he was looking for some student advocates. And so she kind of volunteered me for the job because she knew I was in the legislation. So I ended up taking up the position and um, I, I had noticed through the years that there's issues in teacher pay just with what the teachers have said again coming from a small school things are spoken about there's not as much of a hidden I guess shield to it teachers talk about what they want and so joining this I realized even more how dire of a situation it was to get the pay up because there's so many teachers who are having work second jobs at gas stations or just around the town places wherever it is and um, I want to help them because how I see it is if we don't have the teachers because they aren't getting paid we don't have future leaders and a future generation to run this country and support us we don't have future teachers so if it stops here we're kind of lost going forward talk to us touch us about the work that you did um, so I wasn't I helped with writing some pieces of legislation so we started with a bill and we went through the whole process of drafting it and introducing it. Like Michelle said, we brought it to her with the Real School Alliance and we kind of got feedback and started to understand what it was. Um, we then took it to more of a ballot measure and we've kind of jumped back and forth right now. We're kind of in a editing process, hoping to push it towards a bill again. So we're kind of figuring it out where we wanna go from here. Um, but I helped with the economical side of it. So figuring out the price of the bill and everything. And I did a little bit of help with the drafting, but yeah. Yeah, all of you, you rural kids are so exceptional and so humble. <clears throat> I can honestly say that the work that you all did brought more attention from the media around the issue than any of the work that we sort of state level advocates have done. We're grateful to you about that. <clears throat> you know, excuse me, I know I talked to Malcolm about the ballot initiative. 
and they, you, you guys agreed to scale it back because we have another initiative that's running Amendment 73 that will um, bring, when it passes, I'm not gonna say if, when it passes, we'll bring money to um, teacher salaries and we'll yeah. uh, recruitment and retention efforts generally. So we are fingers crossed and super excited and, and really grateful for your leadership and your work in that area. So um, you told us a bit about what's next for you, but tell us again where you're headed. I'm heading to the Colorado School of Mines. Um, I'm planning on majoring in aero, uh, electrical engineering and then taking a minor in planetary studies to put it towards aerospace engineering eventually. Right, small goals. I'm so surprised. <laughs> yeah, tiny, <laughs> tiny goals. <laughs> I know your mom is sitting next to you in the car, so thank her and thank you for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule. And I know she must be incredibly proud of you because we are. and we virtually just met. So I yeah. uh, think you froze on us, but I know you can hear us. Thank you again. We wish you all the best and um, stay in touch. Awesome, well, thank you. Take care, Elizabeth. Great. Well, Mohammed, it's so nice to meet you. We're so excited that you were one of our members in the Redefining Rural Scholarship Program. And so we'd love to hear a little bit, you to talk a little bit about yourself, let our listeners know who and where you're from, about your community, and also about your school. Yes, sir. It's uh, great to meet you too as well. Uh, my name is Mohammed Ibrahim. I'm uh, the son of two Palestinian immigrants and I reside in Wiggins, Colorado, uh, which is a very small rural town on the uh, Northeast Plains of Colorado. Um, you know, just being an hour away from Denver, I only have about 1200 people within my community and there's about 40 within my graduating class. Um, but yeah, my father uh, um, immigrated to the United States from Palestine and, uh, you know, along with my five other siblings, and really had the main goal and mission of providing myself and my siblings with a free quality education in the United States um, and, you know, chasing his uh, version of the American dream and seeking his entrepreneurial dreams as well. Um, he started a towing and roadside company. And so kind of since I've been very young, I've been engaged within my community, uh, whether it was through athletics, um, through assisting motorists that are stranded on the interstate or, um, you know, running community engagement events. So, I kind of got a diverse um, uh, experience and everything in the rural community here. Yeah, it's 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 sort of hard to imagine, and your application was was really went a long way in terms of helping us get a sense of what that what it was like for you and your family. Talk to us. Uh, not surprisingly, much of your leadership work locally was around equity and what you refer to a couple of times as inequitable systems. So talk about, talk to us about the impact that you made and the work that you did. Yeah, certainly. So being the only Muslim student alongside my brother um, within my school was, uh, it was very hard to experience that. Um, but I think it gave me uh, profound perspectives on how I could approach the world around me. And so just 15 miles east of the, my, the, to my community, there was a, a Somali refugee community. Um, and, you know, they were a very pivotal, pivotal uh, part of the uh, economy there in terms of working for meat plants, whatever it may be. Uh, but the access to resources they had was very, very limited. And so I kind of got my first exposure to that working as a um, census youth ambassador through a Denver organization. Um, and I kind of began to understand how economics and um, particular systems within the government began to play into how people had access to resources um, and how ultimately how this led to disparities for particular minority groups. 
And so from that, I kind of expanded a lot more. And so I started to, uh, you know, study up a lot on Colorado infrastructure and, and how that, uh, you know, kind of why rural schools are lacking so much. Why, for example, my school, um, we didn't get a renovated brand new school until 70 years later. Um, we're on the national average and usually a school life um, expectancy is only 50 years. Um, and, you know, so, you know, realizing things like that, and I had the opportunity to present at great, great education luncheons about uh, rural inequity um, in terms of education funding, teacher pay and everything. Um, and then I also kind of pushed that into mental health and access to these things. And so um, inequity in, in a lot of these systems has a very slippery slope. And so from that, we can see that access to money for these rural schools turns into far greater problems. And I begin to understand that and realize look, it pushes into racial barriers. It begins to push into mental health access. And this is a reason why rural Colorado is one of the nation's highest leading in terms of teen suicides. Um, and so being able to see that and, uh, and you know, see those statistics and people are, you know, kind of so oblivious to how rural Colorado actually behaves, um, especially here being a, a big backbone of the agricultural um, side of the state. It's, it's, uh, it was very hard to see that we're such a large contributor, yet we're such a small receiver of the resources that are um, available in this state. So is there any, well, I'm just sort of in awe of you because that's like what the read, what our, what my organization does is we're a rural advocacy organization. So we fight for rural funding. We, we're not doing nearly a good enough job, as you point out. We work closely with Great Education Colorado around some of the um, initiatives to bring more, more money for teacher salaries, et cetera, school construction, all of those pieces. Um, is there any program or programs that you're specifically proud of in terms of, it sounds like your reach has been broad and wide. Anything specifically proud of that you want to share? Yeah, so I, uh, um, one of the biggest things that I had the opportunity to be was uh, part of a youth organization in Colorado called uh, Colorado Youth Congress. Um, and my work was kind of very dedicated to a thing called the Systems Change Network. And it um, really was highlighting students and the perspectives they came from. You know, I was engaging with students all the way on the Western Slope to the inner cities of Denver, um, north of 25, pretty much every corner of the state. Um, and we, be, we came together, formed this team, and uh, the ultimate goal was to allow a table that was headed by students um, and headed by our perspectives and experiences um, and to voice those concerns with politicians, community leaders, uh, philanthropists, and and ultimately it led to raising tens of thousands of dollars, lobbying and everything like that. And so I think being able to see the large, you know, the picture at large and, um, and how collaboration can ultimately lead to change and reform in this process, um, I think that was one of the coolest things to be a part of. Well, it's super cool. You must know this. We just, got, we just had some representatives from the Youth Congress on our Wednesday morning call with the rural superintendents uh, around that letter. You guys did an open letter to... Yeah. Uh, policy leaders around the need to fund our schools better because our teachers are, our teachers in our schools are woefully underfunded. So that's super cool effort. We're all in awe of you. And we have a meeting Tuesday to figure out how we can partner with, uh, with the Youth Congress to move that message forward. Because hearing it from your mouths is a lot more impactful, especially at the state level, than it is hearing it from our mouths. For sure. Yeah. So thank you for your work on that. So tell us what's next. For you, yes, I, uh, um, uh, it's it's a little bit hard for me, but I my main goal right now, you know, I'll uh, I'll be attending Yale University in the fall um, on a scholarship there, um, and with the plans of uh, achieving a, a dual degree in engineering economics, and so kind of uh, you know from a very young age, I had a strong passion for uh, um, you know STEM and kind of how the world around me behaved. 
Um, and so it was, it's kind of awesome to see that my father, who barely had access to a high school education and, you know, doesn't have a high school diploma, um, you know, in Palestine and kind of being able to um, send his kid to Yale, it's kind of amazing to see. And then my older sister was also an Oxford graduate. Um, but it's uh, it's really amazing to see those things. And so uh, my main goal is to, uh, you know, have the background and experience in both that engineering and economics world. And, uh, you know, my main goal is to pursue a, um, some business models or networks that will connect engineers um, globally across the world and help combat simple issues of water access, energy efficiency, and things like that within small third world communities. And so I think that kind of derives from uh, how it was raised and grown in a, uh, in a very small rural town and kind of the uh, exposure I had to a lot of inequities here. Very cool, Mohammed. We're, we're very excited to be able to follow your journey and see what, what comes out, but I'm sure that there's no doubt in our mind that, that you will do great things with the direction you're going. And I think just starting in what, in what you learned in Wiggins, uh, I think is a wonderful testament to your family and to your community. So thank you so much for being part of our scholarship program and uh, good luck in your future. I think you're going to do great things. Yes, thank you all. And it's uh, it's been amazing to learn about all of your guys' efforts. And I think we're starting to uh, um, just scratch the surface of what it means to build a, a strong uh, and foster a strong relationship between uh, administrators and, and students at those at the local level. So that's great.